We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? This is Martin Rucker and Tommy Saunders with Making Mizzou, our new podcast. This show is designed to highlight people uh, who have contributed to making Mizzou what it is today and feature current Tigers that are continuing to make Mizzou what it's going to be in the future. And our, our goal with this podcast really was to connect the passion uh, for Mizzou with the former players, fans, um, and everybody who it loves Mizzou and who has made Mizzou what it is today. And so um, we're really excited to bring on new guests, uh, current players, former players, and just really talk about the inner workings of Mizzou, why they love Mizzou, maybe some um, adversity and um, really just thoughts and opinions on um, our biased opinions on Mizzou uh, and what's going on in the program. Bias out of us. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you may have, (laughs) you guys may have heard there's a little bit of news going on at Mizzou small little snippets that uh, we just hired a new athletic director and so uh, Desiree Reed Francois has been hired as the new athletic director for the University of Missouri Uh, we've had two other athletic directors over the last six years and previous before that Mike Alden was here for 17 years so hopefully um, Desiree will be able to write the ship but we also figured that what better way to start our first podcast, our first show, than having the second longest tenured athletic director at the University of Missouri, Mike Alden, on as our guest. Uh, Mike Alden is a good friend of ours, and so uh, we want to say up front, thank him for coming on the show. And uh, here's the interview that we did with him. We hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks a lot, Mike, for joining us. We appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to you, and you are the first guest on making Mizzou. And so we really, really appreciate you blessing us with your presence. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to today. Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to be with, you know, Tommy and you, Martin, on the, on the, on the podcast and on your, your visit today. And I'm honored that I'm getting a chance to be the inaugural person. Um, you know, I'm right here in Columbia Mo, So I'm in my living room right now talking to you. Uh, and Rocky and I are doing lots of stuff in the community and doing a lot of things around the state of Missouri quite a bit. Um, since we retired in 2015, right? So in the spring of 2015, uh, we've been able to, to teach some classes at Mizzou. I, I enjoy doing that. 
we've done some international work in Southeast Asia, building some programs, which I think is really kind of cool for Mizzou and some other things that I like to do. And then I've done quite a bit of consulting work for other schools around the country, other ADs that actually many of them that came from Mizzou that, you know, I've gone in there and tried to help out a little bit and, and worked on a few campuses. So busy times, you know, I think it, they say retired, but we're probably semi-retired and uh, we certainly got a lot of stuff going on, but in, but enjoying it every day. That's awesome. You seem like you don't like to let too much grass grow under your feet. Um, you had stepped down from Mizzou in 2015 after 17 fantastic, successful years there at Mizzou. And then in 18, I believe it was, you uh, took on a senior advisor role with Cleveland State and yeah. UMKC and have recently done some work at Boise State as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of how you got into uh, accepting those roles yeah. and with, with those athletic departments? Well, thank you for, for asking that. I, when I first retired, so uh, Martin and Tommy, I, you know, I've been around for a long time and we had success at Mizzou. You guys know that. I mean, everybody, you know, knows that and not certainly just football, although that was uh, really good, but across the board. And, and so what happens when you're around a long time, you have a certain level of success and you meet a lot of people. Um, then I, you have people in the organ, in the industry that might call you to be able to help out. So how this started was the president and the athletic director at Northwestern uh, University called me to have me come in and, and do some things. And then the president and the AD at Kansas State asked me to do the same thing in Virginia Tech. And so what happened was those schools, as I was doing that, then they were talking to other schools. And so by word of mouth, uh, what happened was these consulting opportunities would come up. So whether it was Cleveland State or Boise State or, uh, or like you said, UMKC or I've done work at New Mexico, Chicago State, uh, Wright, uh, Wright State in Dayton and these other schools. It just kind of took on kind of a controlled, a controlled life of its own. And what I mean by that is I enjoy doing this. I think the experiences we had at Mizzou and then also some national experience provided us with some skill sets that might be able to help some other schools. And frankly, guys, I can control my schedule, which I like. So I can determine I'm going to help out Boise State. Uh, but then when I get three other calls from three other schools, not to offend them, I'm going to say no. Or I might say, yeah, I'll go ahead and do all that. It just depends on you know, what I'm doing in my life at that time and everything. But that's a long story to tell you that it's been almost organically how it's built, then built. And, uh, and it's great. It's a company. Our company we formed is called MRJ Advisors. And we've done a lot of work around the country. And I have a lot of other people that I bring in on different particular projects that, uh, that help me do the work. And it's a lot of fun. Very, very satisfying. And I hopefully it's helpful for schools in the industry. That's great, Mike. So have you um, helped any other schools hire a new AD? Are you coming in usually? At what point and stage are you coming in to help? Is it the AD's been there for a while. Are you helping hire? Kind of talk through there. Uh, that how, process. How, how it started, Tommy, really was um, coming into a process where I knew the AD, I knew the president, and it was probably just a moment in time where they needed some help. Uh, Northwestern was, you know, building a building an athletic complex. They were in the process. Well, we we've done all that kind of stuff. So can you come in and, and take a look at it? But what happened was as that morphed a little bit, evolved, evolved, more times than not now, I get called by presidents. And when I get called by a president, uh, usually I'm called in to be able to either help an athletics director, help a president or the university 
be able to kind of ascertain how their athletic program is doing financially, how it's doing facilities wise, competitive wise, or whatever that may be. Now, when that happens, sometimes then there might also be a transition with athletic directors. And so when, when that happens, then I'm usually there. I try to be there to be able to help uh, presidents identify their next AD. So I've done that. Brandon Martin, who's at UMKC. I don't know if you guys have met him, but he is awesome, right? Dr. Yeah. Brandon Martin. Uh, so I helped uh, UMKC with that. I helped Cleveland State with their AD. I just helped Boise State with their AD. Um, but, but more times than not, uh, I'm there to be able to help uh, a program and a project and a president. I'm not a search firm. So I'm not a guy that goes out and a headhunter. Uh, mm -hmm. It just happens that sometimes I'm able to help. And I've been fortunate to be able to do that at Louisiana. And like I said, UMKC, Cleveland State, Boise State, a few other schools. Thanks. You've so been cool. able to help. Oh, go ahead, Tommy. I'll say what goes into that process as you're looking, as you're evaluating these ADs that they bring in, you know, getting into the weeds, you know, you have, you know, I think my biggest question is people can interview really well at this, at that level. They know all the right things to say. Um, so what do you look at when you're, when you're evaluating these ADs to go really deeper into, to know if they're going to be the right fit for this school? You know, that, that, that's a great question um, because here's, I think, I don't want to make it about me, Tommy, but this is where I think what, what I've been doing is different than what like a headhunter does. With me, because of the way that I approach it, A, I first get a chance to really ascertain the department, the program, the university, and the community. So I know in Cleveland, I mean, for all, I mean, I don't know, didn't know much about Cleveland before I came there, but I had a chance to know more about the institution, about the community, about the demographics, about what they're serving. So then when you do that, now all of a sudden you're starting to target what are the characteristics and skill sets because they're different at Cleveland State, really than they are at Mizzou and they're different maybe at Boise State. And so what I'm able to do is be able to really hopefully provide advice, not only to the president, but also let's say Tommy Saunders. So more times than not, I'm gonna know who the candidates are. I'm gonna know them either personally or I'm gonna know people that know them. And so what we're trying to do is identify what are their skill sets? What do they bring to the table? What kind of personality do they have? Um, what do they do on the job? What do they do off the job? How do they interact with other people? Do they have humility? Do they got too much hubris? I mean, what is it? Because I think that a lot of times search firms go out there and just find people that have a resume. And what, what I'm trying to do is help schools get way beyond the resume and be able to get more deeper into what are we have to offer? What do they have to offer? And how do we match up those skill sets with what's best for Mizzou or what's best for Virginia Tech? or what's best for Louisiana or whatever, because they're just different in all these different places. But that's kind of how I, I do it. And, and probably why I don't get as many jobs is because I spend so much time doing that. Headhunters are just going to find this one and they're going to move on to another school and they're going to keep doing it with me. I spend a lot of time to go really deep before we start identifying the candidates. That's fantastic. And so, um, you know, you spent a lot of time at Mizzou. You made a lot of quality and key hires there. And that is um, probably, you know, arguably the biggest job of an athletic director besides fundraising, which you were also incredibly good at. Um, I think the budget increased at Mizzou from 13 million to 85 million over your time there. And so what are the things that you look for in a head coach? Like what's probably the first thing you look for in a new head coach and what's the most important thing that you feel 
uh, that you need to get in a coach to lead a program? Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to come at this from two ways. Um, first of all, Martin, I think the number one thing that I'm you look for, you should look for in a head coach or anyone that you work with is you have to understand their values and their integrity. Period. Not their wins and losses. You got to understand their values and their integrity. What are the characteristics and who who are they as a person? I think the second thing you want to be able to look at is, and in particular at a place like Mizzou, I've got to be able to look at their work ethic. Because look, this is not Florida. We can't just roll out the ball and right. all of a sudden recruits are coming, we're doing whatever, and we got a we got an unlimited budget. So we've got to make sure that we identify people that know that they got to outwork the competition. So character, integrity, work ethic. I think someone that's able to to show confidence with humility. Those kind of the characteristics are examples of of what we try to 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 identify. And and finally, um, it's it's a lot like a recruit, right? So. Those five stars, that's great to be able to have that and it looks good and all that other stuff. But really, at the end of the day, what we're trying to identify are who are those people that we could bring to Mizzou as as student athletes that have these characteristics with this type of work ethic, with this type of humility and team orientation, and how can they continue to, to develop and be able to, uh, to over overproduce for what we're trying to do at Mizzou. That's what we did in recruiting for student athletes. That's exactly what you should do with head coaches. And I think a lot of times ADs and particularly presidents, right? They get caught up in this, oh, look at look at how much pizzazz this per person brings or look mm -hmm. what the media is saying about this person or look at how many games they've won or whatever. And they forget about, tell me about the integrity. Tell me about the characteristics. Tell me about the humility. Tell me about the work ethic, all that stuff. And a lot of times you'll find that uh, many hires go sideways and you guys know that. And so at Mizzou, that's kind of what we were trying to apply, whether we were, whether it was Brian Smith in wrestling or Gary Pinkle or Robin Pinchton, or maybe it was Quinn, maybe it was Mike Anderson. You know, we can go on and on about all these people that came and did some great things at Mizzou, but that's pretty much how we tried to, how we tried to identify those candidates when you're hiring a head coach, assistant coach, custodian, whatever, how do we apply those characteristics? Right. Mike, do you have any examples of how you have, gone about that and what you've seen so you know i'm sure you're um talking with you know their previous school and um their references and you're interviewing them do you have any examples of like how you saw you know a hire's work ethic or their integrity or the values like specifically like is it hey every single person i talked to they said this about them kind of give me some of your secret sauce yeah if you say of how you go about identifying some of those qualities Tommy, on those in particular, you got to, man, you got to make sure you're going off refer reference list. You know, people always list the references. Well, right. holy cow, man, when I call those people, what are they going to say? They're going to say great things about Tommy. <laughs> exactly. Right. But what, what I want to be able to do is, and hopefully any, all of us either have a network or we're, we're knowledgeable enough that we're going to, we're going to do different types of connections to find out. Let me take, you know, Tommy Saunders out here, he has this great work ethic, really. Okay, I know all these people, the coaches said it, all these other people have said it. Well, maybe I have a way to connect with somebody that is actually either on his team or experienced something with him before or worked with him on a particular job, whatever that may be. And a lot of times when you're doing that, people are like, oh, man, that's too much work. I'm going to go by with whatever the reference said. The reference said this guy is great. I'm okay. Well, I mean, did the reference share with you that, you know, maybe they got in, 
an issue with their family, which could end up being a big issue on, on the job, right? Maybe they have a, an issue with their, their personal character, you know, on, on, on things that they do off the job and things like that. So if you don't flush all that kind of stuff out, um, oh, I think somebody told me this one time, I, I don't gamble, but what they told me is it's like throwing dice, right? What we're trying to do is we're trying to load those dice as much as we can. So hopefully they come up with a seven or 11. I think that's the numbers we're looking for <laughs> and not coming up, you know, not coming up snake eyes or, or whatever. You got to do everything you can to handicap it. But it's a it's a process. It's diligence. And it is a freaking, you know, 24 seven nonstop doing those things you got to do. But when you do that, Tommy, as much as we had to do that, let's say with Gary. OK, Gary Pinkle as an example, whatever was there. We got to do that same thing, the same thing when we're taking a look at Casey Hairston, right? An assistant trainer before we bring him on. We got to do the same kind of stuff because if you can do that throughout your organization, even though it doesn't take you as much time for Casey as it does for Gary and the exposure aren't, isn't as high for Casey as it is, is for Gary, if you can apply that across the board, man, your chances for success as an organization just went up significantly if you're able to do that kind of stuff. And so after the press conference, after you make the big splash hire and everybody's riding high, then it's time for the coach to produce. It's time for him to get results out of his team. It's time for him to start recruiting. What's the most important element you think in the AD coach relationship when things, especially when things aren't going right, um, as they often do at some point in the career, uh, how do you keep that together? How do you keep it from splintering? Uh, I know in the early years with Coach Pinkle, uh, and I know during our early years, it seemed like every year everyone wanted to put him on the hot seat, right? But you guys always had a relationship, you know, a continuity. And to us and to the team, it never seemed like uh, what the media was saying was true. And so how do you – what's the most important thing in keeping that relationship together when you're going through the tough times and the hard times? Well, there's a, there's a number of things. First of all, I think it's the – first of all, it's the direct relationships like you were talking about, those persons mm -hmm. that you hire and making sure that – you don't have to be best friends. You just have to make sure that you have mutual respect, mutual communication, and frankly, honesty. I think that that's important so that you can always stay uh, stay current on what's going on and make sure that, that folks doesn't don't think there's another agenda. But on top of that, so especially in college athletics, the ability to build those relationships in and beyond beyond just that relationship with the coach, all right? Because you're, you're bringing on this coach, you got all these people putting this faith in like you or the institution, but really you and the coach, and all of a sudden things start going sideways and you got some state senator from, you know, wherever, Lamar, Missouri, trying to say, hey, what's going on here? We need to get rid of this guy. Or, or you got these people in St. Louis or you got these people in wherever, Kansas City or Princeton Mo or whatever. You've got to make sure simultaneously, Martin and Tommy, that you're building relationships, not per, not not just Mike, but relationships with Mizzou, that all of a sudden when those people come out of a meeting in Princeton Mo, they're saying, yeah, those guys aren't winning the way they're supposed to be winning right now. Gosh dang it. But you know what? We're seeing some progress. We're seeing we got to give them an opportunity. And so many times people will go out, they'll make a hire and they forget that they've got to make sure they're also educating and communicating to their to their communities communities on campus to their communities around the state to their teams to other people so there's a constant 
understanding of what's going on, what we're trying to do, whatever that may be. That's huge. So for Gary, let's use him as an example. You guys look, man, he comes in and whatever year, and you know, we lose by whatever to Michigan state. I don't remember what that score was up in wherever we were in East Lansing or something. And, and so after two or three years, you know, people are wanting to run them out of town, right? They're mm -hmm. wanting to fire them. And in the reality at Mizzou, Mizzou got to where Mizzou was because of what Mizzou did, right? They always fired football coaches. They either changed ADs. They did whatever. The only constant we had at Mizzou was Norm Stewart, right? And okay. what he'd done. Really, you can talk across the board. Yeah. And so making sure that people knew that it wasn't, you, you can't keep repeating history, took a lot of effort and a lot of time. The most important thing is a relationship you have with your coach and the person you work with, but you also have to nurture those relationships so you can be able to help stem that constant churn when all of a sudden things start going bad. And that's what we tried to do here. And we were fortunate because it worked out pretty well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm getting flashbacks of like how many times I would hear you speak um, from pep rallies to um, – before games, I don't know. I just, as you're talking and I'm thinking back of how you kind of controlled the narrative between, um, you know, fans and the state and what was going on with the athletic department. I mean, I remember going to Pep Rally's Rock. I know you went to a ton of them all over the state. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to think about managing those relationships that you have between the Mizzou fans and alumni and donors and, uh, the athletic department you know and tommy that and that's and it's not only in in at mizzou it's not only in the state of missouri because you'll mm -hmm. see this other places around the country but i i'm only going to speak here at missouri right in that you know for us our fan base and they should they should expect to be able to hear from us to be able to see us to be able to touch us look we're begging people to come up from Springfield to come to ball games or come up from the boot heel, whatever that may. Well, when was the last time we went down there and spent time with them and talk, and heard and not talk just about Mizzou, but maybe talked about, you know, whatever's happening in Greene County today or whatever's going on up in, you know, Kirksville, whatever that may be. And so for us at Mizzou, we felt and that's why and I appreciate you saying that because I know you guys would hear this over and over. But, but we had to constantly beat that drum. For us to beat in the Big 12, for us to beat Oklahoma and Texas or whoever, or in the SEC, to beat all these other guys, look, man, we got to outwork them. We got to outsmart them. We got to outteam them. We got to outunify them. We got to outconnect them. And we got to outluck them to, to beat them. And you guys know that because they're going to outspend us. They've got, they've got longer tradition and longer history of success. And so in order to be able to do that, man, you have got to be connected at multiple levels and making sure that you continue to have a presence and encouragement and an appreciation. And that's what we tried to do. And so I'm going to just digress one quick second, because I remember this, right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to, in a couple of, couple of guys, you guys know. So Jimmy Jackson, uh, William Moore, you know, I'm going down to the boot heel to do whatever. And so, and you know, those guys are flying me on a plane to go down there, which is great. Well, I could go down there by myself, and go talk to people. Well, no, I'm going to put Jimmy on the plane with me. I'm going to put William on the plane. We're going to go to his school in Haytai. We're going to go to Carruthersville. And all that messaging, we're going to communicate just like I would do, Martin, what I've done with you, Tommy, I've done with you, and we've done with everyone. There's always a consistency and importance that you recognize our responsibility is to be present, to be visible, 
and to be connected with people around the state of Missouri. That's what we got to do to be successful. And yes, yeah, Tommy was talking about that. I was just kind of thinking back. And the one thing that always stuck out to me was that whenever we would go to these different, you know, the Tiger Club rallies and different things like that, you were always there. It wasn't just yep. a representative from the athletic department. Like the athletic director was there. And so I know that that showed importance and it really impressed, made an impression upon me, um, not just then, but something that I've carried into my uh, my adult life. And I was reading some, um, doing a little bit of reading about you um, last night just to try to find out something maybe that I didn't know. Um, and I tell people all the time, you know, you're one of my top two favorite people in Columbia, you and Gary Pinkle. Um, and I just can't say enough about the impression that you left on my life. But I was reading a thing and Larry Teese said, you actually gave him the shirt off your back uh, when he was working for you. <laughs> he said you took him to your closet and you gave him three nicely pressed shirts because he didn't have any for something that he needed. And I thought, wow, you know, that that really does embody the Mike Alden that I know and the guy that I uh, have grown to love. And so can you just talk uh, before we switch gears into yeah. the new AD that we've hired? Can yeah. you just talk a little bit about where that comes from and you know, why you feel that way and the strong values that you hold and how you've been able to impress them upon everybody that you've come upon. Well, I appreciate that. It makes me smile because I, I know exactly what, you know, what you were talking about there. And um, I think that the way, probably the way I grew up, you know, I grew up with a lot of different people when I was, when I was growing up, had custody of me and my dad uh, got custody of me when I was in eighth grade. And um, he was a blue cop. I mean, finished his sophomore year in high school. Right? He's a blue collar guy, construction worker, really tough, all this other kind of stuff. But boy, his, his humility, his work ethic, his respect that he showed other people. And also I would see sometimes the lack of respect he would get because of maybe his income or his position or whatever really made an impression on me. And I thought, you know, I don't ever want to forget where I came from. I don't want to ever forget what I learned. And I wanted to re re remember how impressed I always was with my dad who would respect everyone, no matter who it was, but also the type of impact it made on me when I saw how other people sometimes didn't respect him the same way. And I think that really kind of helped kind of form that. And then as I, I grew and, and in particular, then when, you know, when I met Rocky and married Rocky and you guys know her, you know, I mean, her, her balance for me and Jake's balance for me, my son, uh, is is awesome, right? Because you got to have a balancing wheels because whether it's, you know, we're winning a bunch of games and everybody's patting you on the back or the other thing is, you know, I don't know, we got a bunch of stuff going on and people are wanting to fire you. You know, how do you, how do you have that balance wheel? I think that that is another piece. And then the final one, which is probably the most important, we should flip it this way, is, is you know, is our faith, is my faith. So, you know, I always figured, hey, man, I control, like, I look at all this stuff I control. And it took me a while to learn I don't control anything, right? So, so right. I just make sure that I'm, I, I show humility, I show loving compassion, I'm tolerant with other people, show forgiveness, and that comes from a faith. So I think my dad and that upbringing, Rocky and Jake and my family balance wheel for me and how important that is, and then most important is probably the faith. Awesome. It's a great yeah, message, I think that, especially for the times today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say before you jump switch topics, Rock, is that um, the one thing that I remember and know about you still is that you were always present in every conversation. And I think that makes an impact whenever you're talking with student athletes. And for you talking to hundreds of people every single day and going to football games, talking to thousands of people, 
It's every single time you're talking to somebody, you are present, you are there, you remember things about them. And I think that impacts um, the whole athletic department um, whenever you are there present with, with people when you're speaking with them. It's just so easy to you know, be thinking about the next project or looking down the line of who else you're going to talk to. Um, but it's one thing I always appreciated about you. And I think that um, that was one thing that rang throughout uh, the athletic department when you were there and definitely um, connected. And we saw the coaching staff move towards that um, after AO passing. Yeah. Uh, and um, it, it seemed like it all it really, as I look back, uh, in hindsight, I think that really stemmed from you and how you carried yourself uh, with the program. Well, so thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for mentioning that. I, I think the, you know, people ask me, Tommy, what I miss the most out of being the athletic director. And I always tell people there's three things. Number one, it's our kids. You know, I mean, for you guys, I mean, I always called you guys my kids, right? So, but that's, that's everyone because it was our student athletes. And just whether I was walking through the weight room or in the training room, or we were at some event, I was at a game, practice, meeting parents, all that stuff. I think the second thing really is that relationships that we had not only with our coaches, but, you know, Rex Sharp and his staff, Tammy Chivas and Maggard and all those guys in academics and, you know, Melagrito and, and, you know, Kenny, uh, Kenny Agee and Donnie in the, in the dining facility, you know, or whoever. I miss that. And the third probably is what we talked about earlier. I loved going everywhere around the state, everywhere, right? And just seeing people and being in the moment with them. Uh, and you're right. It's challenging, Tommy, when, when you'll try to be in a you know, conversation with somebody and their eyes are looking over your shoulder, you know, it's kind of like they're waiting to go to the next thing. Uh, and I thought it was really important to me that, uh, that you were always intentional and it comes from a good place and a pure heart. And I, and I credit a lot of that to my dad, you know, and when I grew up and just him always reminding me that no matter who you're with, you always want to make sure you're focused and locked in on and the attention that you want to give them. So thanks. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> Now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, Desiree, Desiree Reed Francois. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Do you know her very much? Do you know of her a lot? Um, just kind of give us your initial impression. I do. So her name, first name, Desiree and Desiree. Reed Francois. Um, she, I've known her for a long time. And um, how I got connected with uh, Desiree was I was doing a uh, kind of a, a professional development uh, session with a few other ads you know like ad from ohio state friend of mine named gene smith you know guys up at notre dame uh the debbie out north carolina state whoever all these people are i'm dropping names there were like 50 up and coming people that were that were there um and so one of those 50 that were there was desiree reed francois and so, you know, her name sticks out to you initially, right? So you're going, okay, I can kind of remember that name. But I remember her and she was very, uh, very uh, impressive. She's very personable um, and she is really smart. You're very knowledgeable about things. And what, I, what I'd heard was that she was a pretty hard worker. So I met her at this deal. And then she got hired by a guy that used to work for us at Mizzou. So this guy named Whit Babcock is the current athletic director at Virginia Tech. He hired Desiree as his number two person. And so he worked for Wit, who worked for us at Mizzou, kind of knew how we operated things here. And so I got to know her more and more and more that way and, and have watched her career uh, elevate and what she's done at UNLV. And, and so I know her well, her husband, Josh, you know, she's got a boy named Jackson. 
And, uh, and so I think they're a, they're a good unit. And I know she is a really hard worker. And I know she's very excited to, to be the next AD here at Mizzou. What do you think will be the biggest challenge for her that she'll be facing uh, right off the bat here at Mizzou? Well, I think there's a, there's a, there's a few. I, I think that, um, you know, first of all, she's going to have one of the big challenges is, is that she, she does not, she's not fully, I mean, she doesn't have a, a lot of relationships with people in the department. I think her, 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 her uh, jumpstart is really Conzo. So Conzo and her work together at Tennessee. So she mm -hmm. knows Conzo Martin really well. And I think that's, that's very, that's very helpful. Uh, so I think her first immediate thing is to be able to get a chance to know everyone within the athletic program. And, and, and Martin and Tommy, that can't be just like sitting down and saying, hello, this is my name. This is, I mean, understanding that's a lot of work. I think the second piece of this is going to be how do you connect who we are and what our culture is and what kind of culture we're going to continue to develop with people around the state, right? Especially in this environment that we're in and in lots of lots of things around the state. How does she do that? I think she's going to have to understand how am I going to be able to enhance my external operations area? What I mean by that is we are doing a good job generating monies for uh, Mizzou Athletics, but let me tell you, especially with UT and OU coming in this league, it just went to a whole different level. So, so how are we going to put together a, a plan like that? And then the final thing is I think she's going to, her biggest challenges initially are going to be, you got to put together your leadership team. So it'd be like Gary coming here. We'll use Gary because we're talking, you know, you guys obviously played for him and worked with him. But when he comes here, well, he, you know, he's got to surround himself with the team. Well, he brought his staff with him, right? Most of them. He inherited Andy, kept Andy on staff, and then did all this other stuff, got Nutt involved, and then Nutt becomes, you know, director of ops and all this stuff. Well, Desiree has to do that here. She's going to inherit some people. That's fine. But the question is, are they part of her leadership team or not? Are they going to adapt to what our expectations are or not? And who's she going to recruit in here? Those are some of the top things, right, I think that she has to address right away. And it won't happen overnight. That's got to be a constant thing for her first six to 12 months on the job. So um, I think those those things, some of those things seem like what you do at any any school. Yeah. Right. What specifically about Mizzou that are the, you know, the great things about Mizzou and the challenging things that she's going to face specifically about Mizzou? Because, you know, I think Mizzou is really unique. And you, we've seen that from the since you've left of ADs that have you know, been there for a short periods. So what kind of, what does she need to do? What advice would you have that treating this different than, you know, another school? Okay. So I think that what, what the positive part is that what I would tell her, uh, Tommy, is um, I think there is, as there is in a lot of places, but there's a unique passion for the Tigers, I think, in the state of Missouri. And frankly, I think we have drifted we have drifted, I'm not saying whatever, we've drifted away from connecting that passion around the state towards what we're trying to do at the University of Missouri. And we we have a fan base that is is really strong and they really want to support the um, the Tigers, but they have to, we have a fan base that needs to be reminded of who we are and how much we appreciate them, whatever. So when you're in Alabama, Auburn fans, whether they whether they see the head football coach or not or whatever that is, um, they're they're still going to be passionate. They're still going to come to Auburn games or whatever. At Missouri, I think we have to constantly be reconnecting with people 
and, uh, and, and channeling their passion towards what we're trying to do. So I would tell her a, a great thing about Mizzou is the passion of our fan base. And I think on the other side of this, the biggest challenge is I think we've drifted from connecting that passion like we would see. Look, when we're, it doesn't just about playing Kansas in, in Arrowhead. Let's, let's be honest, right? So that was a, a unique time. That's fine. But the reality is everywhere you went in this state, everywhere you went in the state, people know about who we are, what we were doing, what we were trying to accomplish, how we were trying to do it. And you could hear them. They, they would say that, whether it was we're Mizzou made and this is what this means or whether this is what we're doing in softball or this is what we're doing in basketball. And I think that we haven't paid as much attention to that over the last four or five years. And I think to me, that's probably the biggest challenge. Here's the here's the strength and here's the biggest challenge. And I imagine that probably ties right into my next question, but you obviously had massive success in fundraising here at Mizzou and she's had pretty good success as well. Fundraising at UNLV. What do you think is going to be the key to her being able to continue and um, increase the fundraising effort here at Mizzou to keep up with UT and uh, Oklahoma coming into the league? You got to build relationships. Mm -hmm. You got to build, you got to be trust, trustworthy, right? You got to trust, you got to be trustworthy. You got to build relationships. You got to be trustworthy and you have to be able to communicate a, uh, a user-friendly vision. Those are the things that she is going to have to be able to do. And that will take time. You know, it took us time to build relationships with, you know, these people giving us this amount of money or these people doing all of this because they don't just trust you because you came in, you got this title called athletic director and you're making all this money or you're whatever you are and you got this thing. People have to be able to know who you are as a person. They got to build relationships with you. They got to, they got to trust you. So you got to be trustworthy. And then finally, they have to be able to buy into this common vision that we have. And I think for Desiree, What's, what is the vision that Eli Drinkwitz has? What does Conzo have? What does Larissa Anderson in softball have? And how do we be able to wrap our hands around these, the commonalities of that? So she's building the, um, the, the case for supporting what we're doing. She's building relationships. She's trustworthy. And she's communicating a vision. And she's seeing things through Eli's eyes, Conzo's eyes, Robin Pinchon's eyes, Larissa's eyes, whoever. Um, I think that's, that's a key. Because the, the money's not going to rain and not going to fall in there just because of, you know, hey, we got to have it. You got to make sure that you are, are building a relationship. You are trustworthy. You are trustworthy. You can't just say, trust me. You got to be trustworthy. <laughs> and then you got to be able to share a, a user-friendly vision. Tommy Saunders, I got to give you the sound bite. I can't go into all the things about why this indoor facility in the South End is so important and blah, blah, blah. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't because I'll lose you, right? But what if I can be able to communicate Eli's vision as a, as a servant to him, right, as a servant leader to him and to all of our coaches and our student athletes, that's the key to success. And I think that's what Desiree will have to do over the course of time. It won't just happen overnight. It's going to take several years to be able to build that. Awesome. Tommy, you got anything else? No, I think that is um, as a – uh, somebody who's very passionate about marketing, I think that is key. You know, people can only remember one uh, concept. That, I mean, that's a, that's a fundamental of marketing. And so I agree with you. And I think that um, being able to, you know, as an athletic director, you're stepping into this position, you know, you have your, your goals and how you have your vision, but incorporating that vision 
from all the major sports and all the sports and coaches and bringing those together. And that only comes through communication and building a real relationship. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out uh, and how she goes about building those relationships. And, and Tommy, I, I think what you were saying is so true. It's that marketing component, right? All of us only have, a, have an ability to be able to retain so much stuff. Right. And so we have to make sure. So then we, when we tell people, you know, hey, we're Mizzou made. Okay. W- what does that mean? And you guys may remember this. Right? Rocky laughs at me uh, because she still can. They got sick of hearing this all the time. We, were all, <laughs> we would always talk about academic integrity, social mm-hmm. responsibility, and competitive excellence. So right. every single person, whether that was Chelsea Thomas in softball or Martin Rucker here or Kim English there or you know, Tommy Saunders there, or Nikki Tholen soccer, whatever, whoever all of you guys are, right? Our right. coaches, everybody, everybody was able to say, hey, we're Mizzou made. And this is what it means to be Mizzou made. Ah, right. I can remember that stuff. And then what yep. I loved about this, Tommy, what I loved about it is we had our faculty, our faculty council, our deans, our chancellor, our president, our curators, everybody was able to say the same thing. And it, but it took time. And I right. think with 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 Desiree and her leadership and the opportunities that are there, how do we how do we are we able to describe that? How are we able to build relationships? How are we able to be trustworthy to earn that trust? And how can we communicate that vision in a marketing mm-hmm. way so it's something that can be memorable and we can replicate right. that? That's yep. going to be really important. And I don't think I don't know if you know this, but. Um, that is really the why this podcast started. Um, it's called Making Mizzou. Um, and we wanted to connect and bring that passion from the fans to the players to everybody who helped make Mizzou. And it's an active process of uh, the people, the alumni, former players, um, current players, and um, talk about Mizzou, uh, give their thoughts on it, and um, really you know, have an entertainment for people to watch and let, you know, other people know that we are passionate about Mizzou. There's, you know, diehard Mizzou fans across the state, across the nation. And we want to um, just have people come on and talk about how passionate about Mizzou uh, they are and, and give people insights of, of stories and uh, concepts that they haven't heard. And I, you know, we, I know we thank you so much for jumping on the podcast um, and this is exactly what, you know, I think me and Ruck envisioned when uh, we want to come up with the show is to have conversations like this and uh, give people insight into behind the scenes of what goes on and, and how, um, how it's a lot of work and it's a, to, to bring that passion out of Mizzou and, and, um, and highlight some of the uh, major contributors to that. Um, thank you, Tommy. And, and uh, certainly I applaud. I applaud both of you guys for, for developing this and certainly putting together a, a platform and a vehicle that can be able to, to, to hopefully continue to connect, like you said, that passion for who we are and what we're trying to do with messaging that can continue to elevate not just Mizzou Athletics, but, but the entire university. And, you know, I, I said this to you guys before, and, and, and I mean this, and you hear this from me a lot. I'm so I'm so proud of you guys and and many others, right? And just to see, you know, what you've done not only at Mizzou, but certainly beyond the university in your professional lives, in your personal lives, 
And so to be able to sit back and be able to watch that and to be able to 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 see that um, is really it's really humbling. It's really satisfying. And again, I'm so proud of both you guys and what you're doing is, is, is I think, a pretty special deal. So thank you very much. Thanks. We really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been awesome to hear you talk about how the sausage was made a little bit and explain <laughs> a little bit about yourself and why you do things the way you do. And uh, we're all excited for the new AD. Uh, but we still got all the love in our heart for our old AD. Well, Make thank you. And he's, and, he's right. older, and he's getting older. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks guys. a lot, Mike. Have a great rest of your day. Mike. See you. All right. go, go Tigers. Thank you, guys. M-I-Z. We owe you. We owe you. Yeah. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, 360 Vodka, for bringing you the show. And now Tommy's going to tell you what you're going to hear from us next. Next week, we're going to uh, go over Mizzou's schedule the roster, some uh, key players, uh, who's been doing well in camp. And then we're going to dive deep into the NIL and how paying collegiate athletes is going to affect college sports and specifically Mizzou uh, football this season. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. M-I-Z. D-L-U. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.